Welcome to the Elder Hour podcast, where we discuss the history of plants from a magical perspective. We'll be exploring the history, lore, and mystical properties of a new plant every single week. I'm your host, Juliette Diaz, an indigenous Taino bruja and seer from a long line of medicine women and men. I have a master's of science in herbal medicine, best-selling author of witchery, Embrace the Witch Within, and founder of Plant Coven. And I'm your host, Chelsea Selby, owner of occult bath and body brand, Witch Baby Soap, college-educated holistic health practitioner, and lifelong witch. Welcome back to the Elder Hour podcast. It has been way too long since we last spoke, but we're back. It's 2022. We somehow made it through 2021. And we're going to kick off our season three with Blackberry. Super excited. I can't believe it's been so long. Like the year just went so fast. I know. It's been crazy. <gasps> well, you've been up to a lot. What, how, was, how was your 2021? Oh, my gosh. Um, let's see. I have to like literally go to like the beginning of it. We moved from the city we now live in the mountains we bought our first home um i wrote my third book um the altar within which is on pre-sale right now um i left hay house and i'm with row house (laughs) row house publishing um we decided that we wanted to start something new to dismantle the publishing industry how racist it is how harmful it is and how not supportive they are to BIPOC. So Row House started, um, Rebecca and Kristen are founders. I'm a founding member. And from that, I started my imprint. So now I'm a publisher with my good friend, Lorraine. It's called Spirit Bound Press. And we publish magical and spiritual works that are diverse, inclusive, no culture appropriation. So everything that we've been fighting for for such a long time, we decided that fighting sometimes isn't enough. And sometimes being an activist in this sector, um, in this lifetime means building something new so that we can create our own pathway. Yeah. That was my biggest takeaway from SLC punk is that sometimes you got to change the system from within. For real. We, we, we just have to, right? Because there's so much that we can do so many years of you know, voicing and fighting and marching um, that you just realize you just have to get in there and rebuild shit and dismantle shit. So we took that calling and I'm super excited about it. Yeah. It's also like, why even give the opportunity for these big institutions that have done this for so long to like change when you could just create so many great opportunities on your own? Yeah. Especially when they keep saying they will change and then they just do it for like a moment in time. For instance, like Black Lives Matter, all of a sudden now they want to try to publish um, a few Black authors and say, okay, they made their quota and then they keep going back to their own ways. Um, So yeah, you just have to see the world for what it is and bring your own light into it in the way that you can. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't be like an, if I have to kind of thing, you know? Right. If you're, if, if you have that call within you, you just go for it. However, spirit leads you to do it. Um, and it's monumental starting a publishing company, you know, it's, it's unheard of. It's not something that, you know, just happens overnight, but for some reason, I always believe 
The Reason is Spirit. Um, Row House, for instance, was funded in less than a year. They're, they're growing, they're thriving. They already have a, a roster of amazing authors. Um, Spiritbound Press, we're just launched this year. Um, we're going to start um, opening opportunities for funding. And we already have three authors on our roster and we have a lot more that submitted and that we're reviewing. So it's going to um, well. Can where we- could people submit if they want to? Um, you can go to... Instagram Spirit Bound Press, and we have a link there, or just go to spiritboundpress.com and submissions is on there. And we're also disability accessible, so you can reach us if you need help. Um, we have our assistant literally on call, so don't be afraid to submit, don't be afraid to ask questions. We do um, spiritual magical works for adults. We do children's books and we do YA and decks, all the things. So let's go, guys. <laughs> well, it sounds like it sounds like new season energy in your life. New house, new everything. yeah, and new publishing company, new everything. New everything. Um, new perspective of how I'm going to travel the rest of my life on this earth. Yeah, 2020 was massively impactful, not just to my physical life and family, but to my spirit. I ended, you know, I ended the year of 2020 like <laughs> in a massive um life-changing event in December. I pretty much came back, came out in 2021 a complete new person, someone different, someone I had to relearn who I was. I was off social media for about eight months, right? Seven yeah. I was off social media. I was didn't have contact with anybody, just a few people, including you. You were one of my babes. So yeah, I went through a whole change, a whole shift. And it was really more of what was important, what was my priorities without having capitalist society in my fucking ears all the time, without having what outsiders wanted me to be for them or do for them. It was really hard to for me to kill that character I was playing in a role that I wasn't even happy in. Um, Sometimes you just have to cut it off. I went like one year with just an email address and no social media. This was like when Facebook was first starting. I got off MySpace. I had like just a Gmail. It was honestly so nice and so freeing. Like sometimes I wish I could still do that, but so much of my livelihood is connected to social media. Same. Yeah, same. If I had the choice of having not come back, I would have stayed off. I really would have just stayed off. It was so life-changing. It was so healing. I've healed in ways I've never healed before. And a lot of that has to do with my third book. I put all of it in there um, because I was not only off of social media, but off of like everything, off of like my expectations off of what I thought my life should be and look like what I thought I wanted to manifest. I let go of all of that shit so that I could finally be able to listen to that little voice that kept screaming. And I was ignoring for a really, really long time. I was just suffocating. My spirit is what I was doing. I mean, it could be suffocating on social media. Cause it's like the, everything is, uh, you know, like a thought in your brain almost when you read it, it just gets very loud in there. If we spend too much time on social media. Yeah, your perspectives change, you know, like right, right. My third book and what I've come back to do. The only reason why I'm back is because I do not want to 
leave my community alone, knowing that I've changed my views and seen a new kind of harm that's been happening and we've been ignoring or not seeing because it's so well orchestrated. And that's the spiritual and magical community, the wellness industry, you know, throwing in our face how we should look, how we should feel, what spirituality looks like, what self-care looks like, you know? Like, who are they to tell us what self-care looks like to us when individually we need something different? And individually, we can't um, kind of reach the goals that they're putting out there, you know, like spa days all the time, you know, go on vacation and pay for all these expensive things. Sometimes self-care for us just means we got to wash our fucking hair, or, you know, that we took a fucking shower. <laughs> we yep, took out the, yep. took out you the ate your vegetables. Exactly. Or we paid the bill that we've been ignoring. Um, you know, we spend a little bit more time with our son or our daughter or your, your children. So I've come back and I'm really um, dismantling the whole spiritual and wellness industry. I decided that, you know, rest will come for me. Um when I step into my purpose and it really did happen that way. It aligned that way where now that I am embodying my message, my purpose, I feel more at peace. I don't feel Mm -hmm. tired. I don't feel exhausted. I feel like I can keep going and I'm doing self-care at the same time because it's the self-care I need on my own terms. And I really want to bring that message out to all of our community, which is really important. Well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that, was a, that was a whole lot. My 2021 was like not not as like, you know, uh, life changing. I did open another store. Um, it was just a lot of surviving. That's, a, that's extraordinary. <laughs> Opening another shop. That's extraordinary. I'm super proud of you. Um, that is not fucking easy. That is not something that just happens, <laughs> you know, just having, having your first one and then online and your socials and having that be super successful. You're super consistent and so devoted to your craft. It's just beautiful to witness and in very inspirational in its own way. Thank you. I mean, I guess like when you're doing it, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like to other people and outside people are like, Oh my God, you open a second store, but like mixed in with all the chaos of like not having, uh, like child care and just my, I have a fourth grader. So she's been, she's been out of school more than she's been in school for almost two years now. Um, all of that kind of, it's like, hard to see the successes sometimes and feel like you're doing a lot because you're already doing like a lot. <laughs> you know? It is a lot. It's a lot to just freaking be alive and, and, and present in the chaos that's happening in this world. So we really need to reflect back on that and say, you know, we're doing the best we can. You guys are doing the best you can. You guys are doing extraordinary. You are still here breathing and functioning and doing what you need to do. Um, That's just epic because it's not normal what's happened since 2020 and the uproar of pretty much everything, the unveiling of so much. (laughs) Yeah. We're dealing with so much mentally that, you know, we should be proud and acknowledge that we are in a place where you know, we need, we just need to do the best that we can and show up the way that we need to for ourselves. 
Yeah. And I think that's, that's like so important. It's also like important to realize that like, doesn't like, you're not going to feel a 100% or amazing during these times. Like no. it would be weird if, if, if almost weird, if you did, like if, if it's almost if, like spiritual bypassing, yeah. <laughs> which I covered <laughs> in my book, by the way, <laughs> almost, almost like you start creating illusions, right? Like positive vibes only good uh-huh. vibes only everything is fine. No, that is a fucking illusion. And that's exactly what I, I, why I stepped out of the scene for for all those months is because I needed to get that shit out of my subconscious. I really needed to re uh, like reset myself back to it's okay. If you know, we're going through troubling times, I do not need to escape so much from my own life that I lose my own life. You know, I've lost years of my life because I was so busy pretending that it was one thing when in fact it was a fucking another. So I, I yeah, we miss out on those lessons of hardships and, and, and we miss out on what's really happening because we're telling ourselves a fairy tale um, and it's not healthy for us. I feel that so much. I feel like that's uh, one of the the blessings of the pandemic. The very few blessings is that it has like unveiled us and it has allowed us to reassess our priorities and who we are and um, leave the the bullshit and the the pretending behind because like what are you going to pretend in your house by yourself and then just like it's like a total reset going back into society and uh just like not doing the whole societal charades (laughs) you know really and and it's and it's not to like shame ourselves or shame anyone else because it's really waking up to the fact that this has happened to all of us, the way that society capitalist society has been running these industries, like the spiritual and wellness ones. Um, it's been a long time. It's like 20 years of that shit that we just keep digesting visually through audio, through the books that we read, you know, what, what the big industry publishers keep, you know, cranking out these books that all have the same message in it when it's just like repackaged bullshit and extremely, (laughs) extremely privileged, (laughs) extreme privilege. Exactly. And then you've uh, all of us, right. Any of us who come from marginalized communities, who come from a past of trauma, who are currently, you know, still going through hardships and troubles. Um, that shit don't work for us. That shit is not for us. It doesn't help us. It harms us even more. It disconnects us even more from spirit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, a big message of mine is if disconnecting from trauma, if disconnecting from real life means achieving enlightenment, then I don't want to be a part of that fucking mess. Like it's, it's not how it works. That's not how you achieve enlightenment. That is all again, propaganda. It's all mumbo jumbo shit to sell you hundreds of dollars of courses and and programs, which they saw a need in society for guidance and help and healing. And they took and ran with it and turned it into an industry where now they're Mm -hmm. just popping out all this sources, resources, and content that you guys are eating up that I ate up um, because we needed the help. We needed the guidance. We needed a guiding light because shit wasn't, you know, wasn't so nice in our lives, but now we're just like, okay, this is the same shit. And this same shit has not been working for me for a long time. What is it that I'm doing wrong? We start questioning ourselves and 
that's it. This is the era of stop questioning yourself. This is the era of what outside of me is fucking me up and Mm -hmm. really analyze your life and interrogate yourself so that you figure out what's causing harm. Yeah, no, exactly. I actually like think about this a lot because the comp- like the computer and the phone has become an extension of your brain, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same way that you have to like curate your own personal mind, like through meditation and through mindfulness and just like viewing negative self-talk and releasing it and all of that stuff. You have to do the same thing with social media and uh, I, I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. So like the the housekeeping that you need to do on your devices is just as important as the housekeeping you have to do in your head. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this coming year. I'm excited for the years to come. There's really a rise in all of us finally remembering, you know, and, and waking up to our truth and who we are and to the evil that surrounds us and continues to try to take over us. Um, so yeah, I'm excited because I could, I see a brighter future for all of us. Me too. I I feel like we're, we're headed in the right direction. I I feel like it's not going to be easy. Like obviously Mm -mm. there are influences in, in this world that are, um, you know, negative and downright, evil. Uh, but, but I believe in the human, human spirit to overcome these things over time. Yeah. And keyword human spirit, right? We, for, we need to acknowledge our humanness and that really is key in to deeply healing and to deeply accessing our divine selves. Do not forget your human side. Don't bypass that human side of you. Don't bypass any of your emotions. Um, so yeah, this is going to become a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, but to it, it, in tune with BlackBerry and what it stands for and, and and its history, I think it fits really well with what we're speaking about and what we're going through. Um, BlackBerry being, you know, the things that we need to be aware of. Yeah. So let's jump right into BlackBerry. Um. So. I've gotten mixed, um, mixed associations with BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that it's, it's ruled by, well, I, it's, it's definitely ruled by Venus. Um, it does have like Aries associations. I found that has like moon associations. I'm not sure how true that is. Um, and it's also ruled by water. Maybe that's where the moon association comes. Yeah, from. I was just gonna say it's probably the water. Um, so blackberries, if you're familiar with the plant, they grow in brambles. They're very thorny. Um, they are invasive. They will take over the land. I really, really love blackberries, and I work with them a lot. Um. You may or may not have seen videos of me squeezing blackberries in my bath. That's that's what I did last year for In Bulk, um, which is coming up the week after this episode airs. Mm -hmm. So this is perfect timing to prepare for In Bulk if you celebrate it. Um, But what I love about blackberries, and I found this out in my research, is that they didn't always have thorns. 
Mm. But because of the way they were consumed and used and over-harvested, they had to adapt to learn to protect themselves. So I feel like maybe this is part of why at my core I resonate with blackberries because they symbolize boundaries and um, being soft and sweet and gentle in a world that uses you up and then having to form defense mechanisms to preserve your sweetness. I really love that. No, I I agree. I agree that it just got a bad rep. Um, And many of the texts that the bad examples or symbolism is coming from is religion. So I'm not surprised here Um, (laughs) because they love to like turn shit around. And especially if you're different and unique, somehow the symbolism is twisted and turned into something that doesn't go by what they want you to be. And you are now evil and not to be touched. Well, you know what I do find fascinating about the Blackberry is that lots of things um, adapt to become hot, too hot to eat, uh, too bitter, too sour. But the beauty of the Blackberry is that it could have become those things and it doesn't. It still maintains its soft vulnerable sweetness but instead it just learned how to defend itself with thorns yeah i mean i think we're all blackberries in a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a lesson in patience too because if you approach it and treat it treat it like gently you're able to enjoy it but if you are you know aggressive and quick with the with the blackberry bramble, like you're going to get cut. It's like all over the place. The symbolism, um, the sayings, like for instance, um, the British Isles, they have a saying that says, leave them for the fairies. Um, do not eat them. So they don't even believe in having blackberries, especially wild ones. Oh my God, I would die for you. <laughs> I went actually when I opened the first witch baby store, I started just craving blackberries and like I was consuming cartons and cartons and cartons of blackberries. Like I would go through like three or four cartons of blackberries a week. I was just like insatiable. I could not get enough. And then I read that it also brings in wealth and protection. So I I feel like intuitively I needed both of those things at that time because I was like, making a big jump, opening a store, but also um, needed to bring like wealth into that space. So, you know, I just like intuitively consumed so many blackberries. Yeah. And that's, especially when you're, when you're pregnant, there's such a high level of intuition that you open up because of it, um, that you intuitively know, like nourishing wise, what it is that your body needs. And yeah, I had, I remember with my second, my first son, um, mushrooms, it was mushrooms all the time. <laughs> it was like yeah. mushrooms all the time. Um, so your body kind of like lets you know in on what it is that you need, but blackberries are so delicious. They're so beautiful. They go with almost everything. Um, so yeah, I wish there was more of a positive text for them history wise. Well, we could we could paint the positive text here. <laughs> we're we're repaving it. 
right now. Yes, let's save the BlackBerry. You know, it's interesting. I, um, I keep thinking of BlackBerry like Lilith. I don't know where that association is coming from, but just from the history and reading how BlackBerry was kind of like, you know, made out to be this bad thing, um, I kind of feel like it ties in with Lilith and her story and how she was made to seem like this evil person, this bad person, this person who messed everything up um, when that wasn't the case. So with me personally, I always, um, this is just my UPG, but like I associate all dark fruits or berries with dark goddess energy, especially things that have like a dark, when you squeeze it, like a dark juice. Yeah. That's like a, they say that's the Jesus. It represents Jesus blood. Yeah. Like the, I just see it as like, like dark goddess blood energy, (laughs) like pomegranate also. Yeah, I agree. I, I could see that. Yeah, I I feel that energy from the BlackBerry for some reason, which isn't normal for me because I really don't work with Lilith or or really associate with any of that. Um, but for some reason, the BlackBerry screams love to me. You know what it is? I think about the BlackBerry is that it has thorns and it's very feminine in nature despite being um like prickly and dangerous because it's not going to bother you unless you bother it and just in general i feel like that really speaks to like how feminine energy speaks it's more internalized when dark goddess energy comes out or like feminine like wrath feminine anger it's usually provoked instead of being like offensive you know it's not aggressive for the sake of just being aggressive like the more masculine energy is yeah that's perfect in in what you're saying because it kind of brings me to what i wanted to bring up like a lot of the research i've done like for instance um folklore associates the black berry with like bad omens european stories have claimed they are death fruits with ties to wicca um or witchcraft <laughs> <laughs> they symbolize sorrow um haste they symbolize bad luck like all of this bad stuff and when you get into the stories of why they think is because the way that the blackberries were used against them didn't work out for them the people writing the stories about the blackberries were the ones who were on the other side the wrath of the person using or working with blackberries to protect themselves they were probably men (laughs) Yeah, and what, we, what you're just saying is literally what is the opposite of what these people are saying, which you're speaking truth in its symbolism where BlackBerry just had to do what it had to do to protect. And the people who were using BlackBerry in their witchcraft, they were using it um, to protect themselves. They were using them to um, get away from the people trying to do harm to them. So the texts that are out there about it being a bad omen and all this stuff is just those people who did the bad to the person using and working with BlackBerry. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. Um, intuitively. So I had this, like this burst of intuition when I was like thinking about BlackBerry and I guess, cause like I've worked with BlackBerry so much, um, 
that I just wrote down, like, Blackberry is the wounded heart at war. It's the protected heart. It's the wise heart. Blackberry is not playful and naive. It's guarded and it has boundaries. Yes. And then um, in my research, after writing all of this down, I was browsing through Lilith Dorsey's book, Orisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens. And she says that in hoodoo, thorns are used to set hard boundaries. Yes, they are. And then I think you even see this by the way the blackberry brambles tangle and mesh with each other to create like impenetrable boundaries around forests, around, you know, buildings. And then the other thing that I think is great about blackberries um because of the invasiveness and the way that they reclaim the buildings the fences anything left outside they will take over uh actually i read that they took over new zealand (laughs) like they they they're not native to new zealand and people even said that there was only two blackberry plants in new zealand and one was in the north and one was in the south because they were just that big and took over that much land. They were just one plant. But because of that invasiveness and because the way it has the tendency to reclaim the earth, that I think it could be such a powerful way to call your power back and reclaim your energy, reclaim your space, reclaim your time, reclaim whatever you're reclaiming. Yeah. No, I agree. Blackberries, um, thorns, were a big um, support and being that it worked with in 2021. So like the months that I was gone um, after having that experience in 2020, um, I had to set like strong boundaries against myself. Um, That's where that content came from. Also in my book, I started talking about self boundaries because all you hear about is talking about setting boundaries with everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So how we, because we're beings that don't like to admit that we have to (laughs) acknowledge that we were the ones responsible for ourselves, I started to research and found nothing on self-boundaries and wrote a whole bunch of texts on it. And BlackBerry was the one that supported me through that, where it holds you accountable for your own actions and setting boundaries against yourself. Self-harm is a real thing. Self-sabotage, for instance, is another mm-hmm. form of self-harm. Um, so in order for you to figure out why you're self-harming, why you're self-sabotaging, um, blackberries, their thorns are really great with working with you when you're doing any meditative work, when you're doing spell work, um, especially when you're doing deep healing work so that you block off the self that's been molded by, you know, society and by your traumas and by your experiences and allow that divine self who's pure and untouched and has your truth um, to come forth and speak for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. For real. I, I, that's, that's the power of Blackberry. That's how I see it. That's exactly how I see it. Yeah. She's, she's powerful or he actually, you know, Blackberry, um, no joke, non-binary, right? 
I, I, I mean, gendering the plants and, uh, I feel like it's just a description of how the energy flows rather than like, Uh uh-huh. That's what I mean, right? When we say, because there are like, plants that are female or male because that's how yeah. we create. But energy-wise, when we talk about plants, some of them have more feminine or some of them have more masculine, but, but Blackberry really um, has that non-binary, um, beautiful femme and masculine energies working for her. Yeah, I, yeah, because the Mars a- aspect is definitely like, the thorns are definitely like a more masculine thing for sure i love it i love blackberry so much um yeah the things where you can find blackberry um written in content would be like christian art symbolizing spirituality they would have blackberry involved in their art where it's symbolizing neglect or ignorance or evil um folklore for like mid mediterranean folklore crisis crown is made out of blackberry thorn runners actually um and they say that the deep color of the berry represents Christ's blood. So it's really in a lot of like the religious mythological content. Out yes. Yeah. Can I talk about my favorite story that I yeah. found? I literally think it's the same. I have not mentioned. Is it Lucifer? Yes. So (laughs) when Lucifer was cast out of heaven, it was said that he was tossed into a blackberry bramble and that consuming the fruit after October 11th will leave you cursed and potentially dead by the end of the year. It's like, it reminds me of Mean Girls. Like if you eat blackberries, you will get pregnant and you will die. For real. Um, (laughs) Did you see the part why they think that? Yes. Okay. So in England, it said that the devil spits and pees on them. Yes. (laughs) I just feel like, well, again, this is the thing, right? Lucifer fell from the heavens, landed on Blackberry Thorns. He was pissed. He got up and spit on it. And, you know, he, he, he was just mad. I mean, he just got knocked out of heaven. Come on. And then landed on thorns. So he just took it out on the Blackberry. Um, and then because it had his blood, of course, and he urinated and spat on it. Um, you would think though, right? Like thinking like from their perspective, if, if Lucifer didn't like the blackberry, um, why would you not say that it was holy? <laughs> Cause yeah, you know, so it's just, it's interesting how they decide to pick and choose what's right and wrong. Well, I mean, this just sounds like very, very childish. Like exactly. he spits and he pees on them. Like yeah. what? <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. I'm sorry. Um, and then in Ireland, he put his feet on them, which, well, I mean, if he fell on them, that makes sense. Um, and then in Scotland, he throws his cloak on them to make them sour. Yeah, I, I, I read that one too. I was like, it's just to, I mean, basically describe, look, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I know. It's, it's interesting. It's just a lot of the history guys that we, and symbolisms that we go through in plants. Um, sometimes when we're doing the research, right. You guys know we're all plant geeks and we love all of this, but to like be real though, a lot of this is, colonization and a lot of this is um 
you know, to work against or turn things against the natural order of the world, which is nature and nature as a religion and nature as your power source and your resetting healing source against the witches, right? So it's like yeah. they turn all this text and used it to speak against the things that are the most powerful and the most supportive in our lives. So, um, yeah, it's just, I wish well, I could go back in time and just punch the on- on the other on the flip side of that coin then you have blackberries being a popular offering to celtic goddess brigid who um later became saint brigid and um madam brigid in v- voodoo practices so she's honored on february 1st which is also the saint brigid's day Blackberries have a positive connotation when used with St. Bridget, but a negative connotation because of the story of Lucifer falling out of heaven. So it's like contradictory. It is. And I mean, a lot of people also have to acknowledge that they don't know the true like side of the difference between the devil and Lucifer or Satan. Um, So a lot of that is kind of like mixed into what their beliefs are. Um, I believe like Satan and the devil is not the same thing, right? Yeah. So Lucifer is supposed to be. So also what I noticed is that in the story of this Lucifer falling into the Blackberry, it's associated with Michael Mastay. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he cast him out of heaven, right? Yeah. So it's like my, um, it's Archangel Michael. Yeah. So it's Archangel Michael in this story, Lucifer, because on here it says you shouldn't. Also, you're saying that Michael, um, Archangel Michael is the one that cast him out of heaven. I guess I, I didn't. Hold on. Let me look. Yeah. Cause the, the reason why I'm asking is cause I I've, you know, I've studied religion for a really long time. I was involved in, in the practice for a long time until I realized it wasn't for me. Um, but in the stories, they do contradict themselves. So I kind of like pin, like picking that okay. out. So yeah, yeah. Archangel Michael casts Lucifer out of heaven. Okay. I'm like a feral, I'm a feral cat awesome. when it comes to religion. Like I didn't have any <laughs> any religion growing up at all. So like I, this, is, this is all foreign to me. Yeah, so it's good to question that because why would they say um, after Michael Mass Day? Like how did it, Michael become part of this. So now guys, you know, is because in the text, it says Michael Archangel, Michael was the one that threw him out of heaven in this, in this content. I love the headlines when you read about this too. Cause they're like, Michael missed the day. The devil spits on blackberries, like so dramatic, <laughs> so, so dramatic, but you know, what perplexed me is like, okay, so I searched high and low for why blackberries are a popular offering to Bridget. Cause I, I just like really want to know, you know, and um, you. they're so significant. I couldn't find an exact story. Um, so here is what, what I kind of gathered. Yeah. Uh, blackberry vines, they grow in a spiral like Ivy does. So the spiral is actually symbol, a symbol of the mother goddess. And that's probably part of it. Uh, Bridget has a strong connotation with snakes. She's heavily associated with snakes. 
Um, so I think blackberry being a remedy for snake bites, mm-hmm. that's another thing that kind of like bridges that gap. And then also Bridget is a triple goddess, which I found really fascinating because St. Bridget is known as the saint with three lives. Mm. And just how that transferred over is very fascinating. And also Bridget shapeshift. Like she's, she's a goddess. Then she's St. Bridget. She's Madam Bridget. Like she's everywhere. Kind of like the Blackberry. <laughs> but the, the Blackberry, it has leaves of three. So yes. that three aspect. And if you're working with numerology, the, the Blackberry is a good berry to work with because of the leaves of three. No, it is. Did you know that um, there's a Blackberry fairy? I did not know that. Well, they, and like I said, the British Isles, for instance, and, and many other countries, they say, you know, leave the, the Blackberries for the fairies. And it's said that it's supposed to protect you from like nature spirits, like evil na- nature spirits, mm-hmm. for instance, um, which is interesting because fairies are nature spirits to me. But There's a little poem that I found that says my berry clusters black and thick for rich and poor alike to pick. I'll tear your dress and cling and tease and scratch your hands and arms and knees. I'll stay, I'll stain your fingers and your face. And then I'll laugh at your disgrace. But when they bramble jellies made, you'll find your troubles well repaid. That's so interesting. And it has a little fairy wearing like a little blackberry outfit. (laughs) holding the blackberry i just love the way that it it basically tells you like to heed the warning of not being mindful when you're in nature exactly right so like the warnings are coming from the nature spirits to be careful of the thorns because blackberry could do quite a lot of damage yeah. Like if you got caught in the vines, it's just going to keep on fucking you up if you're not like helped out of it. So to me, like you said, it's like a warning, a kind warning, in fact, to be careful. But when you use and work with Blackberry in its natural form, um, you can find that it's embracing and it's delicious and it's supportive to you. It's really interesting because they're so thorny and dangerous, but like I found this so relevant to, to like the pandemic that we're going through today. Um, babies with whooping cough were passed under an arch of blackberry bramble and they would say in bramble out cough here I leave the whooping cough. What? That's crazy. I- and it's like here we have this tender little baby and we're like I know. I know what we need to do to get rid of this cough. We're going to, we're going to pass them under a bunch of razor blades. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, I just, I don't know, but it does have associations with healing. I assume maybe that's where it comes from is the, the treatment of like whooping cough and just, well, blackberry in itself, blackberry leaf has a lot of healing properties. So yeah, it's in itself, its properties are very medicinal. Um, a lot of, again, indigenous natives have and still use till this day. A lot of holistic practitioners use it. Um, yeah, I love adding it to like my fire ciders. Um, it's powerful. It's really mending and it does, it's 
it's something that everyone should have and, and work with. I'm actually going to add blackberries to the, to like the hillside of my land. Yeah. So it, there. They say there's, uh, there's like certain kinds that you can get that won't just absolutely take over. I'm not sure how true that is. Yeah. We'll have to look into that because w- that's the one thing we want to use the hillside for all the berries and then there's like little pathways that we built, like going down the hill. Cause we, I live on the mountain. So mm-hmm. I think it would be perfect because also from down, like across that hill is because we're on a higher mountain where my house is. Imagine like the, you can see the treetops. So once you're down that little hill, you go into this marsh <laughs> where it goes all the way down to the roots of the trees and the whole marsh and all these frogs and all these animals are there, but we also have mountain lions out here. So I'm thinking like the vines will be very protective of having them from coming into my land for when I have for like, sure. my garden. For sure. up. <laughs> so yeah, it's a work in progress and I'm really excited to work with them, but yeah. It's I'm, like a natural, a natural boundary. A natural boundary. Exactly. I, I prefer that than putting fences up. Just more, more ethical, more uh, eco-friendly than, you know, cutting yeah. down a bunch of trees to make. Oh yeah, no, I'm boundary. not cutting down any of my trees. We're actually adding more. <laughs> so it's the best thing ever having all these trees out here. Let me see what else I saw here. So yeah, also um, the protection against against earthbound spirits, which again I do not appreciate because. Um, a lot of the spirits earthbound are very protective as well. So, you know, they love to like put them all together and vampires. So that's a first I've never heard before doing this research for Blackberry that it's also used against vampires. Me neither. That is so fascinating. (laughs) I think vampires would find it delicious actually. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, that's wild. Oh yeah. So my, one of my favorite drinks is blackberry brandy, like here and there I'll serve myself a little shot and just like sip it. Um, it's absolutely delicious though. I feel like I need to get some of that. I really, I don't drink like liquor a lot. Me neither. Like I don't I actually stopped drinking alcohol in 2020, like completely. Cause I used to drink it just like recreationally here and there. And I just decided, fuck it. I'm just going to stop completely. Cause I don't even like it. But yeah. some wines, of course, um, I'm obsessed with, especially if like they're herbal based mm-hmm. and the blackberry brandy. Anytime I order it, people look at me like I'm an old lady because it's like an old school drink. Yeah. <laughs> those are the best kind. Like uh, give me an elderflower cordial. You oh, know what I'm God, saying? Yummy. Like that's actually my drink. My drink for the pandemic, like anytime I've gone out, which is very few times, um, not that like, I'm like, you know, afraid to go out or whatever, but like, I just don't have a lot of time to go out. But when I have gone out, I like to get an elderflower drink with like gin and lemon. Cause I feel like that's like basically medicine. Yeah. <laughs> no. Know? Like that's like basically you're going to fight off some things with that type of drink, you know? I want to try it so bad. It sounds delicious. It is. It's very good. It's kind of like it's bubbly and um, it's it's like a, a more floral sprite almost. But yeah, no, now I'm like inspired. I want to make like a blackberry drink. It's really, and you could actually, that's just, it's very sweet too. 
Um, so you can mix it with other things. I just haven't had like the creativity to dabble with that and like mix it with other things. But um, I want to see what you come up with. Cause I feel with like the rise of the house party too, that all these fancy schmancy like 1950s drinks should and will come back. Yeah, I have like a bunch of drink books that I ordered <laughs> to cocktails. Um, and they're really inspiring. I'm like, and I'm really into a lot of these ones that are um, non-alcoholic also. And they're using like herbal infusions. Um, mm-hmm. so that's something that I want to dabble in. Um, I wanted to quickly like say a story about the blackberry and like the thorns and the vines. Um there was, I used to live in, well, I lived in project housing my whole life, which is just projects. Um, you know, people who know what I'm talking about, we know that's like the hood, the ghetto, um, low income. Um, back in the days in the eighties, when I was born in 81, there was a lot of gangs and a lot of violence and it was nowhere that you wanted to live. Um, but you know, that's where I grew up. And I remember, my neighbor, she was Puerto Rican and she would put blackberry vines like the border of her door. So not even, not on the bottom, but like the frame of her door. Yeah. That that's probably so pretty too. It was really beautiful, but fucking dangerous. (laughs) So I would have to often go and knock on her door to ask her for milk or eggs. I remember. And I'm like always looking at them. Like there's, they were like cobwebby because she's had them there for a really long time. Um, and then when I would go in her house, she had the same thing on her door to her bedroom. And one time I did ask her what they were for. And she said it was to keep out evil spirits that the blackberry thorns don't keep out the welcoming ones. Like she was very into like her ancestors and Mm -hmm. uh, her family members. So they were allowed in. That's why it wouldn't go on the bottom of the door, but it would go on the frame of the door if you weren't part of the household that she created like a portal kind of of protection, if you weren't part of that um, household to begin with or her family, you weren't allowed into that frame, especially like her bedroom. Cause she was very gifted. Obviously I could now, I, now I know um, that she was probably very gifted and saw, saw things and spoke to spirits in a level that you know was higher than most people because she did have a lot of protection in her home for them yeah that's actually really interesting because like they do say some texts have they say that a wreath of blackberry is protective i actually have one in my house it's blackberry and ivy and they say um that i've seen variations of these wreaths like with ivy rowan boxwood all these different variations. But yeah, I didn't even like put no, that was like a thing that people did. I just was like, Hmm, I want to get this. It's pretty. I love blackberries <laughs> and I bought it. It's in, in my house all the time. Well, that's the power of working with yourself and really tuning into who you are and amplifies your intuition and your magic, right? Where now you don't have to be told how to use certain things. You use your intuition and say, hmm, I could use this for what you're using it for. And it ended up being something that was protective. Um, I love that mm-hmm. kind of magic. <laughs> yeah, it's not swimming upstream. It's just going with the flow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that so much. Um, the other part was my mom, a lot of you know that she's a uh, you know, big time Buha kitchen witch. 
Um, she would squeeze blackberry and the juices. She would put them between my thighs. She did it to my sister as well. Um, she did that when we both got our menstrual and the first time that you get your menstrual, she believes that putting the blackberry juice between the thighs keeps you safe from, I guess, impending harm. So like your coming of age, right. Is what they look at it when you're getting your menstrual, um, to keep men from getting to you or having bad intentions Mm -hmm. because now you have, um, the blood of an adult, you're a woman now, and now men are going to look at you differently, even though you're still a fucking child, but she used blackberry magic, um, between our legs to keep harm away from us. Um, it's interesting because I could have used that protection when I was younger than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laugh at my abuse before that, but, um, it would have been nice to have that protection, but I can tell you though, that from the time that she did that, I did not have any relationship sexually until I was a sophomore. Like I was literally had nothing happened to me after that. That's very interesting. Cause it really falls in line with like the way that I feel like blackberry really is symbolic of the survivor's journey and protecting um vulnerable peoples like young people like you with you see that with the baby you see that with like it's it's feminine energy and it's nurturing energy that it really has that relationship with trauma because it's been hurt in the past and it wants to protect others from being hurt, even though it's full of thorns that can hurt you. Oh, you know what? And actually just this, the story of a blackberry reminds me of Yemaya, Yemaya, someone I work with, someone I, that's been in my ancestry for a very long time, working with people from my ancestors. Um, and I've been working with her for ages it seems like lifetimes. Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of her kind of her branches, I call them branches, her identities off of her main one. Um, they become because of things, experiences that she's been through and out of protection, out of learning from that lesson and becoming something else. Right. So the Mm -hmm. interesting part of what I'm trying to bring up here is she never goes away, right? Her old self never goes away, but she branches out into these other superhuman powered <laughs> um, deities that are now f- fulfilling these tools against the experiences that she had learned from or had went through that were harmful. And I feel as us as humans, the same thing happens to us, right? We mm-hmm. we don't go away. Like I, I I hate saying that my old self is gone, but my old self um is still here. It's your just, old self got you here. Yeah, my old self got me here. So it's like I am a branch of that self who rebirthed this new version of me, um fully equipped to um not go through or be prepared or be protected from the things that were happening to me before in that presence. Right. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that's like all the seasons of our lives as we journey and grow spiritually and human on this earth. And each season of ourselves is just a new version with lessons that we've learned and new weapons that we now embody to protect ourselves and to help us go further in our, in our lives. I agree. And I find it 
to be not coincidental. I mean, that we're talking about this. This is our first episode back after a year of uh, just like perseverance and toughness and in enduring um uh, like completely unprecedented circumstances all of us you me everyone listening to this podcast we just went through absolute craziness for the last two years uh we're coming up on two years in march um so just we are going to be changed by this experience. We are going to grow thorns. We are going to get stronger. We are going to have better boundaries and be changed fundamentally by the experience of going through this together alone, everything. Um, I just feel like BlackBerry is so fitting, even with the conversation that we opened up the podcast with about, you know, how you've, changed and gotten stronger and you're you're fighting back and everything like it just spirals like the bramble um into this like perfectly packaged podcast that just completely aligns with the message of blackberries i really love that and i was gonna say something and then i was like let me not say it but then i saw the words on my on my on my notes dream i want to say it like this like before, before this new me, right? This, this, um, evolved me. I was really capable of manifesting. I was really capable of working hard and doing things and all of that stuff, but I was a huge dreamer as well. I've always been a huge, I think I'll always be a huge dreamer. That's where my source of manifesting comes from. Um, and dream up this whole world where I, have things that I want to manifest in that world. And I'm literally experiencing and living them in there. And I truly believe because I was able to let go of the version of me that wasn't allowing me to evolve where this person had these fears where this person didn't think I was worthy enough or capable of enough to start a publishing company. Right. That's fucking, it's like a big dream. Right. But somewhere deep inside, I had these blocks that were like, yeah, but that's so hard to get together. That's so hard to do. Imagine all the work, like all that stuff kept playing in in the background. And then Mm -hmm. Same thing with my house, you know, coming from first generation, um, daughter of immigrants, living in project housing most of my life, being homeless also for a few years of my life, and and then jumping from house to apartment to apartment, room to room after that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the dream of having a home was a dream. I couldn't see myself inside a home. And I remember when I was talking to you and you actually told me to envision myself in this house, I started to ask myself, why couldn't I envision that? And it's because I never had a proper home. I never had that before. So I had to place myself in this dream world, in this home, because Mm -hmm. I've never experienced that before. And after doing that, not only did I get my home, I also started doing it with the publishing company. And now I have the publishing company. And I'm not saying that that's just what, that, what made it happen. That was just the missing link because I had the work ethic. I, I had the passion. I had the good intentions. I'm, I put the work in 
but there was something blocking it. And that blocking is comes from a lot of us who never had things like this, who sometimes these dreams are too big for us to dream because we just don't know how to place ourselves in it. And Mm -hmm. learning how to let go of those fears and just live in them, even if you're not living in them, really does make a difference in manifesting them into your life. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You have to just embody it. It's like you have to just feel it like it's like it's real until it is real. Like it's real and that you are worthy and that, that and it's and that it is possible. And it's, you know, I'm ha- I'm actually glad that I come from an era that or a time that, you know, you winners and losers, you lost, you lost, get over it, get back up. You know, now everybody gets babied <laughs> like, oh, you lost open. Oh, it's okay. You still get ice cream. You're still a winner. <laughs> I well, was you know, that way. I was, I didn't come from those times in my time. You lost your love, bitch, get over it, go home. So <laughs> I kind of appreciate that because it does create some life skills where, you know, sometimes you do dream and those dreams do not happen, but also they probably weren't meant for you because there was probably something else Mm -hmm. even better that was more supportive to you, more aligned to your truth that you just couldn't see it because you're so layered in things of outside voices that don't align to who you are. Um, You just couldn't see that vision for yourself. So I really appreciate um, having been able to let go of all that stuff, all those layers to finally see that this was where I was meant to head and meant to go. Because if you ask me in 2019, what did you see yourself doing 10 years from now? I can guarantee you that a publishing company, a house, none of that would have been in there. Sometimes life comes at you fast. <laughs> yeah. Once you, once you like make the connections, once, once you start really doing the work and actually really seeing yourself for who you are, things actually start aligning. It's when you start making up these illusions that are based on your false self if that makes sense, that manifesting doesn't work. But when you start dreaming and creating these um, desires within you that are aligned to your truth, then manifesting works. I think it's very interesting that you're talking about all this stuff because I feel like another part of BlackBerry is that it ultimately just protects your dreams. Yes. It protects, it's, it's like a spirit protection, right? So yeah, I, I definitely believe or associate BlackBerry to be a really powerful protection of your spirit, of your pureness, of things that are sacred to you, like you just said, like your dreams, your desires, things like that. Your inner sweetness. Yeah, for real. So where can we find you on the social medias? Um, everywhere. Um, I don't know if you guys know I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok as well. Um, at I am Juliette Diaz. But beware, because for months I've been having scammers um recreate social media accounts that are not me. Um, so make sure it's I am J-U-L-I-E-T-D-I-A-Z. Um, and you'll find me. That's where I'm at. Yes, a literal nightmare. Social media has been the same thing has been happening to me. It sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst, man. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is at Witch Baby Soap. No underscores. No anything else. Just at Witch Baby Soap. My personal Instagram is at Stay at Home Witch, and my TikTok is at 
Chelsea the Witch. Yes. Oh, and sweet. If, you, if you want to follow the journey for the Altar Within, a third book, also please, if you can, grab your copies um, at the Altar Within on Instagram. I have a whole account dedicated to helping you guys get through the journey. Um, and it's like a new kind of page, a new self-care decolonize spirituality, decolonize it's, you know, something that's going to be really supportive. And I'm excited. I actually started that page. And of course, follow us at elder hour. Yes. That's it. Have a great day. Glad to be back. (laughs) 